All right, so this is what we're going to do. We got to jump in. I'm going to preach a little. Cody's going to preach a little. It's going to be wonderful. I believe God's going to do something. It's going to be epic. All right, y'all with me? Yeah, we're going to pray this prayer together. I want you to repeat after me. Say, God, all that you have for me, that's what I want. Say it again. Say, God, all that you have for me, that's what I want. You know, Cody and I, we believe something. We believe that there is something that is happening among us. And I believe that God is going to reveal himself in a mighty and a powerful way. This is the key to those who want it. I believe that he is so ready to pour out his spirit on a younger generation. And I feel like for far too long, God has been mom and dad's God. I feel like for far too long, Jesus has been mom and dad's Jesus. Faith in church has been mom and dad. And we have to be so careful because I know a lot of you and you've been around this for a very long time. We have to be so careful that church does not become ordinary to us, but it remains extraordinary because we serve an extraordinary God. All right. And so I want to challenge you tonight. That, that when we talk about revival and we talk about God pouring out his glory, like the Bible says, that, that his glory is going to cover the earth like the water covers the seas. When we talk about a move of God's spirit, we're not talking about something that is reserved for mom and dad in big church. We're talking about something that is going to happen right here in this very room. And God will do it for anybody that wants to go. And this is what I know to be true. If I'm not ready for it, he's going to bring somebody that is. Because he's so ready. He is desperate to pour out his love and his glory and his grace on this generation. Everyone say this generation. And so I'm going to put Nick on the spot a lot. I want to start in Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. Because there's something we need to realize about Jesus. He didn't just die for us even though he did die. He didn't just go to hell and suffer our punishment for three days even though he did that. And he didn't just by the power of the Holy Spirit be raised up. But he's still doing a work right now in the earth and in the body of Christ. Somebody say amen. This scripture says I baptize you with water. Those, I'm going to read it back here because that's really small. I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who's greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to untie or I'm not even, what translation is this? I'm not even worthy to be his slave and carry his sandals. Listen to this now. He will baptize. Now someone say baptize. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Cody brought it to my attention today. Our key scripture for Blaze Youth Ministries from the point I got here 20 years ago was Hebrews 12, 29, and it's still our scripture today. And that scripture reads something like this, for our God is a consuming fire. It's time for Blaze Youth Ministries to experience the fire of God. How does that happen? It happens by us understanding that Jesus is still doing his work today. He's still baptizing us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now go to Mark chapter 1 verse 8. Everyone say he's the baptizer. Now that word right there, baptize, means to dip in, to submerge, to drop someone in. He wants to drop you into his Holy Ghost. He wants to dip you into the power of his own spirit. He wants to dip you in to the fire and he wants to baptize you tonight by the Holy Ghost. He says this, I baptize you with water, but he, who's he? That's Jesus. Everyone say Jesus. But he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This church believes in the Holy Ghost. And I don't believe that the Holy Ghost just falls in saturation service. 
Come on now. I don't believe he just falls. And even saturation service, if you pay attention to it, we do it so much here at Cornerstone that on Sunday nights, once a month, it seems like everybody just comes in expecting the same thing. And then they want to get hands laid on them. They want Pastor Mark to preach, lay hands on me, and then send me home. We get this ordinary and we get in this routine to where it's still, we become religious, even serving a non-religious God. What does that mean? He's not bound by the confinements of our own mind. He's not bound to do what we think he needs to do. He will perform his word and he'll do it today. And so even when we come to saturation service, we should be expecting miracles, signs, and wonders. And most importantly, we should be expecting what you should expect every Wednesday. Listen to me now. We're here to meet with him. Oh, come on now. We are here to meet. And when you come with an expectation to meet with God, amazing things happen. I'm just going to take a few more minutes and kick it over to Cody. I want to stir up your expectation because if you have an expectation tonight, you will experience something. You will experience someone who's life-changing. And I believe tonight is a pivotal night for somebody. You're going to experience God and it's going to forever mark your life. You're going to leave here with confidence. You're going to leave here with enthusiasm, with excitement. You're going to leave here fired up because Jesus is going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost. Who's this for? Anybody and everybody who will believe. You remember in Exodus chapter 33 when Moses went up onto the mountain and he went up there to make some requests to God. And after he got done talking to God and God answered him, I love this. He said this to God, let me see you. Everyone say expectation. See, Moses didn't go up on that mountain just to get his answers. He went up there to experience God. Come on, are you at church tonight because your parents made you come, or are you here to experience God? Are you here tonight at church because church is just what we do, or did you come to experience God? When the band is singing, are you out there just to watch them, or are you there to experience God. You remember in Mark chapter 5, the woman with the issue of blood. She said, the Bible said she had been plagued with 12 years. This is what I know about the Holy Spirit. Even though you're young, maybe you're dealing with some things. What I know about God is in a moment, he can deliver you from everything and anything. Even if it baffles your parents, even if it baffles doctors, God can deliver you. There's this woman with the issue of blood, and the Bible says that she heard about Jesus, and it said she'd been hemorrhaging and bleeding in her head for 12 years, and she spent all that she had, and she didn't get any better, but she heard about Jesus, and the Bible says she went to him with an expectation. How do I know that? Because it says that it was so crowded there that if somebody were to pass out, they wouldn't even fall over. That's a lot of people. And just to help you out, if you think that that could never happen, we just had a tragedy like six months ago at that Travis Scott concert. Y'all remember that? It was so crowded that people suffocated because there's not enough oxygen. Those are the crowds that followed Jesus everywhere. Everywhere. They weren't worried about food. They weren't worried about lodging. They were just worried about being with Jesus. And because of that, they saw some great things, but here's this woman of issue up. You, you know, you studied out, and I know you guys know this. You've been raised in church, but theologians, they teach us, even history teaches us that it was illegal for her to be out in society because of what she was plagued with, but she didn't care. She had to get to Jesus. That's where the power is, guys, when we stop caring. Right? And I love this. She didn't even have to be recognized by Jesus. She didn't even have to be recognized by the crowd. The Bible says, if I just touch the hem of his garment, where's the hem? It's at the bottom. 
Let me just, she was so desperate to get to Jesus. She just wanted to touch his hem. Someone say, I'm desperate. Right? What is it? Well, she had an expectation to go receive. You remember in Matthew chapter 8 where it talks about the Roman soldier, the centurion. It talks about how one of his soldiers was dying. And the Bible says he went to Jesus so his soldier might be healed, right? And he told Jesus, just speak the word and my servant will be whole. He went to Jesus with an expectation. So we see Moses went from an expectation and what happens? He had an experience. We see the woman with the issue of blood. She went to Jesus with an expectation. What happens? She had an experience. We see the centurion, the Roman soldier, who didn't even have a covenant. He wasn't Jewish. He had no right to have this expectation to receive, but he knew how good Jesus was. And so he went anyways, and he went with an expectation. Listen, you can come to youth every single week not expecting anything, and you'll never get anything. But if you come to meet with God, right? Come to meet with God. We're even talking about it today, Zacchaeus, and I don't know if you're going to talk about it tonight, are you? Coming to God with an expectation. You remember in Matthew chapter 14, last one, Jesus is walking on the water, and Peter looks at him and says, Jesus, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus said, come, right? He had an expectation that no obstacle, no hurdle, no storm, no wave could keep him from Jesus. With boldness, throwing caution to the wind, throwing fear out the window, not caring what the other 11 disciples in the boat were thinking about him. He wasn't there to please them. He was there to go after Jesus. Right? And so we know what happens. He climbs over the boat, and he just starts walking towards Jesus. Walking on the water. And I know Elevation's got a song like that, right? Is it Elevation? Yeah, somebody's got a song, Walking on Water. Walking, how do you walk on water? How do you defy the laws of this world? It's easy, you go after Jesus. How do you overcome depression? It's easy, you go after Jesus. How do you overcome fear? It's easy, you go after Jesus. How do you allow him to baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire? It's easy, you set your sights on him and you don't care about any of this else and you come with an expectation like the woman with the issue of blood. It doesn't matter, I'm here for something. Everyone say, I'm here for something. Now say this with me. I have an expectation. Amen. Let's go to the book of John, <clears throat> chapter 14, verse 12 through 18, not Amplified Classic. This is Jesus talking here. He says, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, if anyone steadfastly believes in me, he will be able to do the things that I do and he will do even greater things than these because I go to the Father. And I will do, I myself will grant you whatever you ask in my name, presenting all that I am so that the Father may be glorified and extolled through the Son. Yes, I will grant myself, will do it for you, whatever you ask in my name as presenting all that I am. If you really love me, you'll keep my commands. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter, counselor, helper, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby that he may remain with you forever. The Spirit of truth. This is the Holy Spirit. 
whom the world cannot receive, welcome or take to its heart because it does not see him or know and recognize him. But you know and recognize him for he lives with you constantly and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, comfortless, desolate, bereaved, forlorn, helpless. I will come back to you. Jesus was a man that was in perfect relationship with God perfectly able to do what he was created to do by God, yet he depended on the Holy Spirit and he utilized the Holy Spirit. And he says that you are supposed to do the same things that I do, even on a greater scale. So if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do we need him? The the scripture's not coming to mind, but as Robert was talking, I was thinking about it. Jesus was tempted in every single way that you and I have been. Jesus went through trials just like you and I. Jesus had parents just like you and I have. Jesus went to church just like you and I do. All the struggles, all the pain, all the hurt, Jesus experienced that stuff just like you and me, but he, he overcame it through his relationship with God. He overcame it with the help of the Holy Spirit. We need his power in our life. You need him. You need him. But you gotta want him. You gotta want him. You gotta desire him. You got to need him like you need your cell phone. You got to need him like you need the breath in your body. You got to need him like you need that Red Bull at the end of the day or whatever it is for you. You got to want him. You got to desire him and you got to go after him. Over here in the book of Luke, we read out of it last week, chapter 11, verses 9 through 13. It says, I say to you, ask, keep on asking and it'll be given to you. Seek, Keep on seeking and you shall find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For those that ask and keep on asking, receive. And those who seek and keep on seeking, finds. And to him who knocks and keep on knocking, the door shall be open to you. And then it talks about how, you know, if you as a, a, a good person, <laughs> he really said he calls us evil, but he's basically saying we are nowhere nearly as good as God could ever be. If we as good people want to give good things to our friends or our loved ones or our children, if you were a parent, which none of you are, praise the Lord. <laughs> but if we could give good gifts, how much more would God give? It says, it says over here in verse 13, how much more will your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask and continue to ask? We must come to God tonight with an expectation to receive from him. Every night, every day, come to God with an expectation to receive. But tonight specifically, like right now, in the next five to seven minutes, you need to want him. You need to desire him. You need to seek after the Holy Spirit. Now, when you were born again, the Holy Spirit did make his home in your heart. But like like Robert read out of there, it said that the Holy Spirit needs to baptize you. You need to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, meaning you need to be fully immersed in the Holy Spirit. You know, we could go into Galatians 5 and talk about all those things like immorality and lustful pleasures and all those things. But basically, we have to get to a place where we are willing to Hebrews 12, 29 at all. We've got to be consumed by his fire to all things that don't look like the Holy Spirit 
burn away. And the only thing that remains is the fruit of the Spirit, love. And you know, tonight when we pray for you guys, that there may be a demonstration. There may be an experience for you. Maybe you'll laugh. Maybe you'll dance. Maybe you'll cry. Maybe you'll fall out. Maybe you'll speak in tongues. I believe that you can do all those things because the Holy Spirit gives those things to us. Maybe you'll prophesy. Maybe you'll have a word of knowledge. Maybe you'll have wisdom. I hope and pray that you do. But what's awesome is even if you don't, that doesn't change what happens in this room tonight. You're still going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But what's really cool is even if it doesn't happen for that, those demonstrations tonight, it says over here in Mark 16, this is Jesus talking to his, his disciples. He says, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and, believe, whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. Whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. These signs will accompany those who believe. These signs will accompany you who believe. When you leave these walls, things can happen for you in this place, but it's also supposed to happen outside in the world because what are we supposed to do? Be like Jesus. We're supposed to heal the sick. We're supposed to help the lame walk. We're supposed to break off bondages. We're supposed to heal depression. We're supposed to be restorers of those that need restoration through Jesus, of course, but we're supposed to be used by God in that way. But it says, these signs, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands and they will drink any deadly poison that will not hurt them. And they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. So the Lord Jesus, after he spoke to them, was taken up to heaven. He sat down at the right hand of God and they went out, preached everywhere. And while the Lord worked with them, it was confirmed by the accompanying signs. I'm expecting and believing accompanying signs tonight. Are you knocking on his door tonight? Are you, are you expecting a sign tonight? Are you expecting to receive the Holy Spirit tonight? Are you expecting to receive his love tonight? Are you expecting to receive the comforter tonight? Are you expecting to receive the advocate tonight? This is the person, the relationship that's gonna help enable you to walk out the plan of God for your life. If this is what you want, then come and get it. Don't come because I'm telling you to come. I don't want you to come up here if you don't want to come up here. If you don't want it, don't come up here. You can be saved. You can accept Jesus and you can be saved. And that's cool. That's awesome. That's great. But if you want to radically change your life, if you want to have authority, if you want to be, have comfort when there, when there is no, are you tired of being tired? Are you tired of being apathetic to life? Do you want to experience the realities of God for yourself? Holy Spirit, that's what you need. That is your answer. And so real quick, in order to receive the Holy Spirit, you've got to be born again. And I believe and I, and I, and I feel like everyone is in this room, but I, we, got, we got to make sure because you got to be born again if you want to have the Holy Spirit. If you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you got to be born again. So if you guys will bow your heads real quick, because I don't want to embarrass anyone. I don't want to call anybody out. I don't want to put you on blast or make you uncomfortable. But everyone's heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're in this place tonight, 
and you don't know him as Lord of your life. You've never made him your savior. You never said, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord, then you are saved. So if that's you tonight, I wanna give you an opportunity to make him the Lord of your life. I ask that you be bold. No one's looking around, eyes are closed. If you would raise your hand, I wanna pray for you and help lead you into salvation. Awesome. Well, praise God. That's good. That's great. That's wonderful. Well then, what's really cool is we're all gonna get after this tonight. We're all gonna get after the Holy Spirit tonight. That same faith that you used to be born again that same belief in your heart and confession with your mouth, I want you to say this tonight. I want you to, if you're ready to be received tonight, if, if, if you're ready to receive the Holy Ghost tonight, you need to believe this in your heart. And I want you to confess this right now. I want you to be bold. I don't care who's next to you. I don't care if they know. And they shouldn't care because at some point, we, we've all got to do this. I want you to believe in your heart that the Holy Spirit is coming into your life right now. And I want you to say, Holy Spirit, baptize me with your fire. Fill me with your spirit. Consume me with your fire. In Jesus' name.